This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Text from the 504 disagreeing with me on just how big of a threat the Falcons might be. Man, Seth Dunlap, the New Orleans Saints, going to pluck them dirty birds. They might. They might. But I think you're burying your head in the sand a little bit if you don't think... Atlanta is going to be pretty darn good this year, especially with that defense finally healthy. Let's bring on in Mike Neighbors now to the program. Covers the Saints for the NFL, excuse me, and the NFL for CST at Mike Neighbors on Twitter, N A B O R S. Mike, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Seth, it seems like ten years ago when I saw you in minicamp. I'm good. How are you? <laughs> it doesn't. It does seem like that. It, it, it goes fast, <laughs> but then you, for, I forget about it all. It, it just runs all together for me, man. I don't really know. It's a blur. It's a blur. But it's, a, it's good to be back in football season, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. I, I want to start with with at least similar to what that texture was talking about, because you have a great perspective on the NFC South, considering you cover a lot of the Tampa Bay Bucks where you're at. Is this division possibly as good as it ever been? Because I don't think there's a, a objectively bad team in this division. I don't even think a, a Tampa is going to be bad with Arians and Bulls running the show there. Yeah, I mean, for comparison, I mean, you give all the credit in the world to the Patriots, but Tom Brady and, and Bill Belichick, they haven't had a division like the NFC South. I mean, they've, they've run away from it. And granted, they, they, they run away from everybody at the end most of the time. But I think at the end of the day, I mean, this you can make a case the NFC South is the best. I think, you know, there, there are more question marks, I think, heading into this season than in past seasons with the NFC South. I mean, is Cam Newton going to be 100%? The Buccaneers up and down. I mean, you could really put a question mark on every segment of that football team, but they have Bruce Arians and they haven't had a coach with that cachet in some time. So I think if Cam Newton can stay healthy and Bruce Arians can turn the Bucks around, there's no doubt about it. The NFC South will be the best division. Yeah, that's a scary thought for the Saints and really everybody else in the NFC South if they get that rolling there like they did in, in Arizona, right? And, and Mike, I, I just I will say, and I've been telling people here this, it's not just Arians for me, it's also Todd Bowles because what he did with that Arizona defense almost instantaneously, and really up in New, in New York, for as disastrous maybe as his regime was, as, as head coach, as Rain was, their defenses were darn good. I mean, this is one of the best, brightest defensive minds in the league, I think. Yeah, and I think a big knock on Dirk Cutter and his regime is they didn't draft uh, well, and they didn't. Uh, if, if they did draft a Vita Vea, he's he's fit for really the bowl system, the three-four. He wasn't fit for the four-three. Vernon Hargraves is a press corner. They had him playing out a little bit. I mean, they didn't use their personnel well. I think Todd Bowles and, and Bruce Arians they came in and they had more of a plan, and they said this is the way we're going to draft. I mean, the Bucks a year ago drafted two corners in the second round. Well, they drafted four more corners this time around because I don't think they were happy with the corners they drafted the year before. <laughs> and that's the difference between a, a team like the Saints and the Bucks is you have bad drafts after a while. You're going to have uh, – they're, they're, I mean, they're heading into Cleveland Browns territory in Tampa in terms of playoff droughts. And, and when you draft bad like that and you whiff on free agency and you have a new coach every other year, that's what happens. But uh, it'll really show how good Bruce Arians is if he can turn – the Bucks around because, like I mentioned, there, there's so many question marks on both sides of the football. I think it's going to be fascinating to watch that play out. Here in New Orleans, Mike, the, the news of the day was the release of Cameron Meredith. A lot of us saw this coming with the rumbles coming out of Saints camp that they were kind of ready to move on, and indeed they were. 
Um, how big is this? And with the receivers who at camp, the young guys, Emmanuel Butler, Cyril Grayson are stepping up, is it that big of a deal? You know what? I think it's a shame because I think it was a good pickup if he was healthy. I mean, we saw it. I think he scored that touchdown, had a good game against the Falcons last year, and it looked like he was going to turn the corner a little bit, but he just couldn't stay healthy. And I think they tried to hang in there as long as they could. And I tell you, you know, the way the Saints have drafted and the way they've made personnel moves the last three years, I'm really not going to argue with much. I mean, they've, they've pushed all the right buttons, but, you know, Butler's look good. But I think Traquan Smith is a guy that I'm really interested in. I think he showed potential early on last season, kind of hit that rookie wall, was banged up a little bit. Uh, I do a podcast with Scott Shanley called Been There, Done That, and we had Marcus Colston on. And Colston never, you know, is not going to just say anything to throw it out there. You know how he is. And he thinks Traquan Smith has loads of potential. He he told us that a few months ago. So he's the kind of the guy that I'm I'm looking at because you, you want Ted Ginn to stay healthy. You love Jared Cook being in there. But obviously Michael Thomas, uh, once they sign him, is going to need some help. And I think they've been very careful and they've given Meredith all the chances they could. But, you know, we'll see on Butler. But I think Traquan Smith is the, the kind of interesting X factor for me. Yeah, Michael Thomas still not in camp. You mentioned him, yeah. Mike. You expect him here sooner or later. I would assume that he's here eventually. I just don't know exactly when that's going to happen. Yeah, I, I really do. I mean, I remember, you know, with you at minicamp asking, asking Sean Payton just uh, a question about Michael Thomas. And it was the same day they signed Cam Jordan. And Sean Payton really doesn't let us behind the curtain much, especially yeah. with injuries and a lot. You know how he is. And, uh, he, he just threw it out there. He said, well, he's next, meaning Michael Thomas is going to get the next deal. I mean, they saw this thing coming a mile away, and it, it seems like, you know, if you hear, listen to Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton, they just got to get the right number and, and, and meet at a, a place they're both happy, and I think it'll definitely get done. I think they've seen this coming for a long time, and uh, they know they can't uh, reach the heights they want to, and, you know, Drew Brees still has this small window. They got to make it happen with Michael Thomas, and we talk about the Traquan Smith and Ted Ginn being injured and Cam Meredith not making the field. I think that just shows how great Michael Thomas was a year ago. I mean, you can look at all the great receivers in the NFL. They all had more help than Michael Thomas, and Michael Thomas still put the numbers up. They know how valuable he is. We're talking to Mike Neighbors, who covers the Saints in the NFL for CST, also host of the Been There, Done That podcast. He's on Twitter at Mike Neighbors. And I, I, I talked to Mickey Loomis about this a little bit. I think it's so interesting to watch how the Saints – handle this thing Mike considering what you just said Super Bowl window they've got to win now or try to win now while Drew Brees is still there but you don't really want to mortgage the future too much considering how much young talent you have on the squad yeah that's the tricky part and you know they wasted no time and really locking up Cam Jordan and um, and I think they know on the horizon you have the Alvin Kamara's you have the Marshawn Lattimore's you have the Ramchicks you have that great rookie class they're going to want to get paid too you got to be smart, but I, I, I just don't have any worries about this one. I think they're going to make it happen. I think they've seen this coming for a long time. And um, but the, yeah, you're right. They got to be careful because they've been in you know tough cap situations uh, in those three straight seven and nine years. And I know they've learned from that. They don't want to go back to that, but they've benefited from these great draft classes. And to keep this young core intact, uh, there's a trade-off. You got to pay them. Um, but I think they, they've kind of seen this coming for a little while especially with the success this young football team's had the last couple of years. When you see the defense dominating at practice, and that's what's <laughs> happened the last three days, that, that good, that bad, that indifferent, what do you make of that? I just think it's normal. I just think that's the way it is. I think, uh, the, you know, Bruce Arians said something kind of interesting, and I've heard some other offensive-minded coaches say this, that the offense usually has more to worry about early on in training camp in terms of uh, – 
you know, protections and, and new plays and kind of the evolving of the offense. And that may be more so in Tampa because they're trying to get a new system in. Obviously, uh, Drew Brees is, is comfortable with what he's doing, but he's working with some new guys like Jared Cook, who's obviously looked great out there. But uh, I'm not surprised by that. I think in this social media age, and I'm guilty of it too, when I'm out of practice, you're going to tweet about a good play. You're going to tweet about you know, any, any little thing at training camp, but it's easy to get too high or too low at this point. I think you, know, you really want to evaluate after you've seen a couple of preseason games and, and a couple of weeks of practice. Well, you would be a, a great uh, batting practice pitcher because you lined this one up right down the middle for me, Mike. The expectations <laughs> here, and you also mentioned Jared Cook. I have been trying my hardest on the air and with everybody to tamp down the expectations for Jared Cook because this is a guy who's never eclipsed 900 yards receiving. He's never had more than eight touchdowns in his career. He's now 32 years old. I like the fit here. I do. I think he's a good tight end. I just see people trying, in my mind, make him out to be something that he's not. And that's a Jimmy Graham, Gronk type of guy, you know, just because, well, he's never had a Hall of Fame quarterback throwing the ball to him. Am I off base there? Could, could this be some spectacular year for Cooks, uh, Cook, rather, or is, is the expectations being a little overblown? Well, I like the potential. I, I'll use the word potential. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't get too crazy in training camp early on because how many guys have we seen, you know, who have played well? I'm not going to compare Jared Cook to Adrian Arrington, but we saw Arrington just light it up for how many preseasons, and then when the lights came on, you know, he just couldn't do the same things. But the thing about Jared Cook is. You know, Jimmy Graham hasn't been the same player since he left New Orleans. And Ben Watson was a solid pro, but never put up the numbers he did in New Orleans. And Jared Cook, to me, has the potential to be better than both of those guys, I believe, uh, given the fact that he's going to play with a quarterback. You know, he's never played with a guy like that. And that's why, to me, going back to the wide receiver position, they're going to get Michael Thomas in there. But if they can get a guy like uh, Traquan Smith to step up and Ted Ginn can be healthy, that's going to make Jared Cook even more dangerous. So, I think the potential is there, and I'm excited about it based on you look at the track record with Sean Payton and Drew Brees and tight ends and what they've done in New Orleans compared to what they've done other places. Now, we've seen what Jared Cook's done other places. Now he's here. I'm excited about that, but, yeah, I don't want to get too excited right now. Yeah, I also like the potential of Traquan Smith you just mentioned. I thought he had a decent rookie year. There were some struggles, but I don't think there's any reason to believe he's going to be some kind of bust, Mike. No, no, no. I, and I, I like what Colton said, and, and I like what he did early on. And uh, I'll never forget when he caught that touchdown pass uh, where Drew Brees broke Peyton Manning's record. Um, you know, he was just so excited to score. He forgot about saving the football there for a while. He, he to me, has a great attitude. I know uh, he's popular in that locker room. And I think like a lot of rookies, you know, when, you, when you're not used to playing that many games and he got hurt towards the end of the year where we saw the Keith Kirkwoods and, you know, a lot of those undrafted guys step up. I think he learned from that. Maybe, you know, in terms of training, in terms of, you know, it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint in the NFL. All those rookies have to make adjustments. But we saw when he was on and when he was healthy what he could do. And I think he could, t- could continue to do that. But I think he's really one of the keys because, you know, Emmanuel Butler looks great in training camp um, so far anyway. It's been a couple practices. Uh, but, but I think Traquan Smith, they drafted him that high for a reason. And I think, as I mentioned, when he was on last year, uh, he showed what he could do. He's Mike Neighbors at Mike Neighbors on Twitter. Covers the Saints and NFL for CST. And Mike, I know you're still doing that podcast. Been there, done that. Where can you get that? It's on all the platforms. It's on iTunes. It's on Podbean. It's on Stitcher, Spotify. We're excited about it. We, uh, myself and Scott Shanley, we started in February, 
and we have a big guest every week. We've had a lot of former players from Marcus Colston to Roman Harper, but we had Archie Manning on last week. It was really funny for a half hour. And I say funny because he told so many great stories about his sons. Uh, the one that really stood out for me was, and he told us, I saw him at SEC Media Days, where uh, his wife Olivia was pregnant with Eli. And he was at SEC Media Days with Steve Spurrier and Herschel Walker. And he told me when uh, Eli, his wife was pregnant with Eli, it was a couple weeks away, he took Cooper and Peyton to the Sugar Bowl back in 1981. And Herschel Walker was lighting it up for Georgia. And Archie Manning told us uh, when he got home, Cooper proclaimed to the whole family, hey, Mom, I think we should name the kid Archie I mean, Herschel Walker Manning, that should be the name. <laughs> that's so just stories like that. And that's just a glimpse of what we do. I mean, we have, you know, every, you know, from, from Roman Harper to well, recently we had Cam Jordan and Teron Armstead and, and Will Lutz. And they're just talking about stories maybe behind the curtain that you haven't heard before. Yeah. I'm just thinking Herschel Walker Manning to David Tyree <laughs> in the Super Bowl has, has an interesting ring to it, Mike. <laughs> it does. I like that. I don't think, the, I don't think Olivia Manning liked that, but Cooper Manning was all on board with that. <laughs> Mike neighbors, you can at Mike neighbors on Twitter. Mike, I always appreciate the chats. We'll do it again. Thanks so much. All right. We'll talk soon. I enjoyed it. All right. We'll take a break. It's your show. Now rest of the hour phone lines are open. Area code 504-260-1870. Let's talk some saints camp. Y'all it's hot and heavy pads on for a couple of days, about a week and, and change away from the first preseason game. 504-260-1870. Our text line. 870-870. I'm Seth Dunlap, Ron and Logan, our producers behind the glass tonight. It's the last lap on WWL. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.